What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls from the 704 to the 407? Thank you for making us part of your day. This is the Sports Herd Around the World podcast brought to you by AllConnect.com. I'm your host, as always, Alex K. And Benny C. is still not here. He is MIA. Psych. That's the <laughs> wrong intro. No, I forgot. Yeah, I was reading it from last week. No, I haven't wrote my own intro in gosh knows how long. But um, yeah, we're, Benny we're C. Back. is actually back. Um, Guess who's back? We we found him back um, again. at a table by himself outside, lost. He didn't know where the room was. Um, but no, yeah, glad to have him back, as always. Big baseball week. Uh, Cubs play the Dodgers. I just, I'm hopping right into it because you've been gone for so long. I'll get into the cool stuff later, but I wanted to bring so that up. A good team is playing a bad team. Nice. Yeah, the good team being the Cubs are uh, 500, and the bad team being the Dodgers. Correct. Yep, you got it, bud. Uh, no, they do play in Chicago, so that'll be nice. Uh, Quintana pitches against Maeda tonight at eight. Uh, both have a sub four ERA. Both are two and one, I think. So it's it's it it's looks to be a good pitching matchup. Let's be honest. Um, it's it's in Chicago, so who knows what can happen but there. But more importantly, with the MLB using some juiced balls to start off this year, no pitchers are safe. No, especially no not, one is safe. Hide wind, your kids, if, hide your wives, hide your bullpens. If, if the wind is blowing out over under a five home runs, without a doubt, easily. Like, have you have you seen some of the um, the stats? Like, it, it started off as a conspiracy theory where people were like, oh, the MLB used juice balls in the Japan series that Correct. started the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, if it's more exciting, people will watch, blah, blah, blah. Well, now people are starting to think they did it for all of all of uh, April, April here while weather's still cold, like ball doesn't fly as well. No, and ball denses and up that, a little bit more yeah, in pitchers stuff. Just some of their some of these guys are struggling to to command it. Like you see, Josh Hader has now given up two home runs to Which the Dodgers he, in think one he, weekend. Yeah. And he gave up two home runs and, all of last year, basically. And, and not just that. He gave up his first ever home run on a slider. And he gave up his first ever home run in an 0-2 count. So basically, a guy who's unhittable, who doesn't make mistakes, got taken yard twice. I think the I think the balls are a little juiced. And MLB, if you want to admit it, just admit it. Yeah, I mean, here's my thought about it. It if you just want to get more attention to baseball, because right now, I mean, the Yankees have 13 players on injured reserve or is IL. that a lot? <laughs> so 25 man roster, they have 13 guys. So basically, more than half of their opening day roster is on IL and right I, now. And I believe like 70 percent of their total like runs from last year are it's, on uh, the on the runs, IL. RBIs, and home runs. It's 70, 75, and like 68 percent respectively in that order are on the IL right now. It was um, 500 and like. 65 of 903 runs scored last year something like that that's crazy. Um, 175 of 250 homers yeah it's the numbers are astonishing and the, the crazy thing about that and it's, it's happened around baseball too like when i was in chicago lester got hurt you're seeing a lot of strains in arms or triceps or legs it, and it it's a question of is this a trainer is it a program what's going on because no, it's think, a lot of strains dude but spring training is so soft now where it's like all right we're gonna throw a guy get him two to three innings max and then like just expect him to come out in the first month and start going six seven innings at a time right from a pitcher's perspective i don't think they like lengthen guys out long enough in spring training to be ready to go it's almost like a lot of teams are using the first call it three to four starts of a guy's season as his like lengthening program yeah no which you shouldn't be doing that i mean lester's a perfect example game one he threw 105 or 107 pitches in his first start. And then when I was in Chicago, he only lasted two and a third of an innings because he slid into home and he like pulled or hurt his groin running. So he wasn't running very fast, but he still pulled (laughs) or hurt something. So point being, he's obviously not stretching out enough. His body isn't 100% adapted to it. 
Um, but it's it's one of those things that does shock me in in the majors right now. If, if the MLB wants to fix their their perceived problem, I don't think it's a problem. People who want to watch baseball are going to watch baseball regardless of the product on the field, regardless of home runs or strikeouts or too many, not enough balls being put in play. But if they want to fix their so-called problem, figure out how to market all of your young superstars. My goodness. I mean, I follow a bunch of really cool baseball Twitter accounts. So I'm constantly seeing the amazing things these guys are doing. But you have people like Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Anthony Rizzo, Cody Bellinger, like, Pick Mookie you, Betts. You can pick guys. Lindor. Like, and then there's the new wave of Fernando Tatis. I mean, like, there are or Vlad Jr. Even. Yeah. There are plenty of guys that you can market as stars. Ronald Acuna. Like, yeah, Acuna's a good one. I mean, go up and down. Almost every team has someone that you would pay to go watch. Christian Yelich. Well, the, the biggest thing in here, I, I, this is, this, it's segueing into a different point, but I want to bring this up. So who's, who, who sold the most jerseys in basketball this year? Who do you think? What team or player? Oh, I'm sorry, what player? Steph Curry? No, LeBron won. Oh. Um, Steph was three. Giannis up there? Giannis was two. Uh, Steph was three. Kevin Durant was nine. Point. Here's what I'm saying. Kevin Durant is a better player than Steph Curry, but everyone in this world can relate to Steph because they can all shoot a three and they're all under six, nine or seven feet or whatever Kevin Durant in, is. In theory, you, f- you feel like a common man could go out and teach himself to do what right. Curry, and, and obviously kids, that's absurd right but, but your kids are thinking like oh i can shoot the three they're not like oh i can dunk like kd can because or you're I can. not 6 11 with a 7 6 wingspan <laughs> correct like that exactly like, god bless kd um, in a different and, way and the brody's in there too because the brody's only six foot four and when i say only i'm six four and i'm tall for for a normal person but he doesn't look freakishly tall out there so kids can still relate yeah. to westbrook also um so my point in that is is that Every MLB player is within reason, looks kind of like we all do for the most part as just men yeah, in general. Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, these are guys that are 6'1 and under. Altuve is like 5'7 well, and yeah. a half. Well, yeah. But they're they're people that, in theory, kids can look up to. Like, yes, this is my a, point. A good yes. model. They, they're, it's something attainable to look out, look for. And yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, the thing is, is you don't, you don't have to have a six pack to play baseball. Not that you do in every other <laughs> sport, but. It's it's a good point that Buster only was talking about the other day is look at guys like Judge and, and Geo Stanton. They're getting hurt because they are so chiseled. Baseball's body and the way baseball works, you're, you need to be more flexible and a little bit more, I guess, flimsy and agile and kind of tall and lanky like a Verlander. Hunter Pence. Yeah, Hunter Pence. You're not supposed to look like Geo and Judge. That's not how a baseball they, body works. And that's yeah. how, and people always say like baseball players are so weak and they're not you know, they're not very strong and they're wussies or whatever you want to say. They're like, oh, well, he's out with a blister on his right index finger. Well, if you've ever tried to throw a slider or a fastball on the seams with a blister, it's not going to do nearly what you want it to do if you have a blister there. So it's not because they're wimps. It's because if they do that and the fastball is dead center or the slider isn't sliding at all, it's a lot easier to give up runs and you're not helping your team out. So there's a big difference in in that and how baseball works and the bodies works. That's why I think we're seeing a lot more injuries because people are a little more chiseled. But the point was is all these guys are relatable to people. So you're you're right. They do need to figure out a better way to um, advertise baseball. I mean, Mike Trout just signed the biggest deal ever and Granted, great for him, but he is super quiet. I mean, you you don't hear anything bad ever come out of his mouth. So why not um, advertise him as this great all American guy that he he seems to be? Take your take your time and, and advertise him correctly, but do something because I I agree. I mean, we're 
not hitting the youth we should be in a game that used to be America's most popular. And it's a sport that's perfect for the new age of Twitter and gifts. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the pitching ninja. He is one of the coolest follows. <laughs> he, basically, what he'll do is he'll overlay a pitcher with like uh, two pitches at once and it'll be a fastball and say a slider okay and you can see them at simultaneously mm -hmm. where they diverge and yeah. and it shows like the hitter's reaction overlaid on it and basically you you wonder how anyone ever hits a baseball when you see how similar these pitches all look at the for call it the first 50 feet um before getting to home plate it's pretty cool to see and like he's an example of using technology and revolutionary to make baseball more accessible and more uh, interactive people can can see how truly how great these players are yeah but, and i mean obviously I've, I've always said this it the hardest thing in sports is to hit a baseball um i'm not saying it's physically the hardest thing to do as in like running a marathon or getting you know being tackled by a linebacker not that part but the the thing that takes the most skill is is hitting a baseball in the major leagues um that's why you can in no other sport can you fail seven out of ten times and still be a hall of famer so that that that's my point and i think the the, the whole controversy of speeding the game up and all that, baseball is never going to be an extremely fast sport, so there's not really too much we can do. We can, this pitch clock, I'm not a fan of. Yeah, you can limit it to maybe only, you have to face two batters instead of one, but that, I mean, that's taking off, you know, five minutes or seven minutes of a three-hour game, so is it really doing anything? No. Just leave it as it is, and, and the baseball fans like Ben and I, you know, hopefully if we're both married someday and then we have kids after that, we would teach our kids, and they would teach it down so far, so on and so forth. But that's how baseball has grown and stayed popular over time. It's not going to catch the the shock of all the youth now with with the superstars, LeBron and uh, guys like that that are out there. Point being, um, who is in first right now that surprised you the most and who's the best team in baseball right now, do you think? Oh, best team in baseball right now are the Tampa Bay Rays. Okay, you're still on the... You're still on... So you, I, I'm, I'm going to let, let you think on this for one second and here's why. The Tampa Bay Rays, you sure? They're in Tampa Bay. Do you remember the last time we hopped on a Tampa Bay oh, a train? Do not, do not throw we in because here. Because I you hopped mean, on the lightning train and he, they got swept in the first round. Not even swept, they got embarrassed in the first round. Every game was a blood except for the first and that's when the Blue Jackets scored four unanswered. So, <laughs> do you sure you want to do this to the people in Tampa Bay? Because they, they seem like very nice people. Are you sure you want to do this? Because if you're hopping on that train... I'll say this though. <laughs> I felt like I was on, we didn't talk about it that much last year, no. but I was kind of on my own personal train with them last year. I was rooting for them to get the second wild card because they won 90 plus games last year. So this is a great team that has now in theory gotten better. Um, last year, if you remember, they traded Chris Archer, yep. who a lot of people know about, had hadn't performed up to his normal standards, but still had tremendous trade value. The Pirates wind up trading Austin Meadows, Tyler Glasnow, and a first-round pick. If you don't know much, Austin Meadows and Tyler Glasnow are both, at one point in time, top two, top three in the organization. Pirates farm, yep, organization mm -hmm. um, in the minors. Highly touted prospects. Well, Austin Meadows is off to a tremendous start this year. He's got six home runs so far. Just hit the D, uh, the IL um, with a sprained thumb. Why have we changed it from the IR and the DL to the IL? I don't know. Okay, I, I just, I mean, because I keep seeing that when yeah, I've, I've looked, and I hear IL and I think injured list. Why, we've had injured reserve and we've had designated list. Maybe it's or, offensive to disabled, like disabled, disabled list. list. Yeah, 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 I guess. I don't, but, okay, anyway, sorry, so, I just so didn't you, know if you knew. So you've got Meadows balling out and then Glassnow is, I believe, second in the AL in ERA right now. 
Um, so he's having a tremendous year. And so they essentially have now added these great pieces to an already 90 win team. And I think they're for real. Um, but their bullpen, Jose Alvarado, nicknamed El Diablo, has a gross 99 mile per hour uh, two seam fastball he throws, has just been carving guys up at the end of games. I think they're a legit team and I'm excited for them. And, uh, and I hope they go wire to wire and wind up winning the AL East. One team I'm really shocked about, and here's why, is the Mets. And I'm really surprised shocked about... Shocked in a good way or a bad in way? In a good way. And the reason, really? I'm, the reason I'm shocked is because you have, Jay, you have Jacob deGrom, who, for all intents and purposes, is a lights-out pitcher when he pitches, correct? You would agree he's, he's sure. one he of the had, top Last season top was one of the, best, one of the best seasons a, a pitcher has ever had. And he, he won, what, 10 or 11, <laughs> 11 games last year, right? Yeah. He has a 3-7 ERA right now. He had 26 consecutive starts of quality starts, which means you pitch six or more innings, give up three or less runs. He had 26 in a row. He got that snap this year. His ERA is 3-7. He's only thrown 22 innings, which is roughly three starts, three to four starts. He's given up nine runs. If he can get back to half of what he was last year, he, that team is on yeah. way better pace than they are. And he's not pitching bad. I'm just saying if he gets back to what he was, I and then Noah Syndergaardner is pitching Pretty decently well, not amazing. Did you see, he had a home run last well. uh, the other night. Mm-hmm. It went off the center fielder's glove over the fence. <laughs> How embarrassed if you're that center fielder? Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah, not, I'm not I, surprised though by the Mets. And then this you have Robinson Cano playing decently well. Yeah. So yeah, Je- I, underrated player, guy you might want to look out for, Jeff McNeil. He threw 64 career games, has 30 multi-hit games. Dang, that's yeah, that's a ton. Um, it's a it's a good lineup up and down. Pete Alonso. Fun, so they call him Polar Bear Pete. He is one of the most interesting bodies in baseball. He is so the, th- like the panda bear. N- n- no, he's interesting in a in a good way. Oh, Pete oh. is so his legs are literally tree trunks, and he is so strong. Um, I believe he set a Mets record for most home runs through like the first twenty games of a career. Um, he played at University of Florida. Actually, hit a home run against UVA in uh, in the College World Series to dead center. So I've seen his strength up up close and personal. But they're a really interesting team. Um, what's actually shocking is they have a negative run differential, but still leading their division. So they've given up more runs than they've scored, and yet are two games over 500 tied with the Phils for first place. Okay, two quick things, and then we'll get on to the NFL draft, which is this weekend. Thing number one, so since the last time you were on, Chris Davis did get a hit. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was I was debating on, because you were, you were gone for three weeks, I think, I and he was over 54. I'm actually... I'm more. I mean, it was a home run at that that he got. Well, he's got other hits, but he does have a home run in his record now too. So, I mean, that's great for him. I'm. We're always looking at the positives of things here on Sports Road around the world. So, the positive he has a hit now and a home run. So, no longer can we say one of us has more hits than him because right now or the last time we recorded, we has had just as many hits as he did this year. You want to know what's sad, actually? Though, well, I guess it's good for Chris Davis. Sad for the Orioles. He's still he's under contract until 2022. Yeah, it was a seven year, a hundred and like sixty five million dollar. He's batting two hundred over his last year and a half. And a a quick transition here: Chris Davis of the A's since his debut and in in joining in days in 2016 has hit over 11 miles of home runs. 11 miles. 11 miles. That's almost a a half marathon, if you will. Um, Okay. We did speak of the NHL playoffs. I'm going to do that. We're going to hop into that real quick, NBA, and then we're finishing we, up. We with got the our NFL. first game seven. We do. We've got game seven, which is then going to determine. Well, we've got two game sevens about to happen. Actually, we've got Boston and we've got Toronto and we've got um, the Caps and we've got Carolina playing in a game seven. And 
Is it San they're, Jose? The, yeah, San Jose. They're in the game Golden seven. Knights. Okay, yep. I didn't know if they were going. Okay, we, we got three of them. Um, so two tonight, two tomorrow. If my math is correct, I'm sorry, two tonight, one, one tomorrow. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I think so. Tonight is is Boston and Toronto. I think Boston wins that. I think they're the better team. I'm only picking Boston because I saw Drake in a Toronto Maple <laughs> Leafs jersey, and the Drake curse is a real thing. Um, Anyone Drake supports immediately well, flames out. The Kentucky. Rap- the hasn't, Raptors, Kentucky hasn't. What, they haven't won a title since he showed. He shot in uh, in their layup line and. and was when was that? Are you sure? Yeah, remember when he? Oh, that he, was a 2015 team when yeah. they were undefeated. Oh yeah, that's true. That, okay, so they haven't won since then. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm going Boston. Uh, I'm also going to go Vegas Knights. I just I Love think they're the just. A, I mean, Ooh. they were a great team last year. They're a great team this year. There's not really too much more good goaltending. There's not really too much more when, to go into with I, that. When I was out in Vegas uh, in October, the love for the Golden Knights by. A, basically a desert people who live in a desert supporting a hockey team was unreal i'm on all on board the night train speaking of vegas real quick completely off did you see the guy who's basically running jeopardy right now have you heard about this <laughs> you mean dominating yeah so he's he's he, he is alex trebek at this point he's won 13 straight and he's won nine hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. and i can't think of his name i'm sure ben will find it right now for us but he's a actually a sports better in vegas and the reason he said he's so good, obviously he's very smart, but he read a book on how to hit the buzzer before other people. Yep. So he's studied this before. And then he's also comes in with the mentality of he always, so if, you, if you're familiar with Jeopardy, basically there's like 200, 400, 600, 800, and a thousand dollar questions or whatever. He starts at the thousand. Everyone else in the world starts at the 200. And his philosophy is, is because not only are they worth the most money, so I want to try to get as much money as I can as soon as possible, but also the daily doubles tend to be down there more. So if I can get a few right, I have a higher chance of getting the daily double sooner. Where the $200 questions, you have to go two, four, six, and then maybe you're in the eights. You have to get all those right and before everyone else to maybe get a daily double. So he's he's like, and he said, I'm not scared to lose $10,000. If you ask anyone else in the world yeah. that, he said, they're frightened. He's like, to me, it's nothing. His, and he's not a billionaire by any means. So he's his just, name is just, James Holzhauer, Las Vegas professional sports better. He's won the last 12 games in a row. He's 34. Um, he Over the 12 wins, he now holds the top five slots for single day winning records. <laughs> so in over that time frame, he's racked up 851K. Well, he just he, won. He's, was, he's, that he's, article might be a day late because I think oh, he just won. Last night. Was it last night that it was written? No, this. When oh. was it written? The 22nd. I apologize. This was written before last night. Right, show. So last night show, he won again. So it's 13. He, like, so he's in the nine, like nine. Maybe it's not 950. Maybe it's 920. But he's over 900,000. He's won 13 straight. But the crazy part about this whole thing is, is the guy that's made the most money in Jeopardy he did it in like 31 days. This guy is tracking to do it in like 18 or 19 days or something crazy. So like not half the time, but darn near close. So I dive, I, I digress on that subject. It's super interesting to me. And we were talking about the Vegas Knights. Caps and, and, and Alex Ovi um, were down 2 nothing to the Blue Jackets last year. Came back, won their series, ended up winning it all. And Ovi had that great scream. The Carolina Hurricanes have tied it up at 3-3. The question becomes... Do we trust Ovechkin because he got the curse off his back last year, or do we take the hot team in the Hurricanes? I'm taking Ovi because I think that deep down, I think the Capitals are just the better team. I'm and the for, better teams tend to win Game Seven. I'm rooting for the Hurricanes because because we live here. Well, sure, but <laughs> but also, um, 
screw the Capitals. All right, they won their. They oh, won, I don't. They, I they don't want them to win. win. I don't want them to win. Ovechkin's great. He's a great player, but he does. He can get on my nerves. All Did right? you see the knockout he had the other day? Yeah, which is why I respect <laughs> him more than Sidney Crosby. Ovechkin fights his own fights well, like the, a man. The kid came up. The kid's nineteen, and he's he grew up in Russia, um, where Ovi's from, yeah. Alex Ovechkin, and he said that. O- Ovi said basically the kid walked up to or skated up to him and said, "Hey, I want to fight." And Ovi said, "Are you sure?" And he said, "Yeah." And they got in it, and Ovi just clocked him once and clocked him twice, and then he was literally out cold, as Drake would say, out like a light. He was out cold, literally on the ice, cold and out. Um, so yeah, so you're all right. You're Hurricanes. That's fine. Um, quickly, NBA playoffs. There's no real upsets. I mean, Bucks won, Boston won. They swept. Everyone else is. It, there's no upset o- in OKC's my mind. OKC's on the brink of elimination. Yeah, I mean, but it's not. It, theoretically, it's not an upset they, if they three were, four. I believe or three they, six. Sorry. I believe they were actually though favored. Uh, the, oh, in Vegas? Yeah, to win the series. Um, well, PG-13 has been MIA the whole time, so... Word on the street is he, uh, he's had a shoulder injury he's trying to play through, but if you're good enough to be out there, you gotta perform. We well, put up 32 points the other night, so it's, yeah, it, it, it can't be a, that it, yeah, bad. Yeah, because he put up like 20-some shots. Right, but it can't be that but bad. I'm, I will say, shout out to Blake Griffin. Um, I'm not sure if you saw it, but With he basically played the last two nights oh, on one leg. Yeah, he's beat. The brace he was wearing was... <laughs> ginormous. I don't even know how he was out there, but he gave it his all. That's going to endear him to his teammates and to that city. Um, and that's kind of like the Detroit motto. Uh, real tough, blue collar. So I, I'll give him a little bit of a, a kudos for gutting it out and trying to give his team some kind of a spark. But the Bucks are just too good for them. Yeah. Um, okay, so nothing really big there. So I wish I, I tried to talk to our legal if we could get the sounder from ESPN or just use it like for the NFL draft, the ding, ding, like that noise when the next pick comes in. Why don't you just do that again for us? No, never again. Um, ding, 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 whatever. But <laughs> the problem is, is that legal said it would cost too much and fine. So we can't play that. But, you know, the sounder it's coming up this Thursday. Um, your Jets actually have a draft pick in the first round, correct? They do. OK, my Bears do not because we took Khalil Mack in our draft last year, which I'm perfectly fine with doing that. I'm, I'm okay with that. So I won't be talking that. I will be talking interesting picks and where people are, I think are going to go. Um, I'm not going to lead off with a number one pick because I think we can get to that in a second. I do want to kind of go to something that I think, um, I guess to, to put it lightly, will be the most, the most interesting pick in my mind. Um, so there's a kid out of Kentucky. His name is Josh Allen. He's that 3-4 guy, that edge rusher, just like Cleo Mack. I think the Raiders are going to take him, and I'm not saying he's going to be Cleo Mack, but I think he's going to be darn close. I'm very interested to see what he does in the NFL as far as the Raiders trading away Cleo Mack. And like I said, I'm not saying he's going to be him, but he was the back-to-back SEC defensive player of the year. Yes, back-to-back, not once, twice. Do Do you find it interesting, though, that the Raiders are essentially going to draft Cleo Mack? The three positions that they essentially, or they're going to draft a receiver, or all intents and purposes, a receiver and a defensive lineman with two of their three first round picks. Um, they, well, that's exactly reason, what they gave up. But, well, the reason yeah. it makes sense, obviously, is the cap and all that stuff. And then you're hoping that, but you, I, I agree. I mean, you can't, you're never going to, hitting on a first round pick is, is roughly a 30 to 40%, oh. roughly. That's, and hitting, that's probably hitting, generous. Hitting means he starts for 10 plus years. Yeah, but hitting, that's, not an all-star that, or, or but sorry, that's, pro that's board. really generous. Dude. 30 for 40 is, yeah. Um, so you're you're basically hoping one of these three guys. I mean, and if you hit on two, that's great. You're saving a lot of cap room. But to trade away a for sure Hall of Famer and Khalil Mack, a, 
a guy that struggled in Cooper, but, but did still, he really struggle? He did on the back half. His first three or four years were great, but the back half he has struggled. So you know he's still only twenty four. Yeah, he is young. Um, but the problem, the good thing about him is they could have got him cheap because he hasn't played very well. But um, yeah, so that that's where that, that I think that's an interesting pick for me because I think the Raiders have no idea what's really going on no, there. You saw that they literally sent everyone from their facilities you know home. why they did it on Friday? Was it Thursday they, night or Friday so morning? So the Raiders didn't, quote, said that like, we didn't know who we could trust. Correct. So they sent everyone home and basically were like, which is a, less than a week before the draft, and they don't know who they're taking at so, four. They don't know who they're taking at any of their key well, let's be honest. Picks. It's John Gruden is running that show. He's a ten-year, hundred million-dollar guy. Like, they, if they fire him, they owe him. Gruden, Gruden basically said more. to the GM, "I, I put my like, you know what, on the line to get you these picks. Don't screw it up." Yeah. Well, so that's the thing, and and I understand where Gruden's coming from because most of these scouts are going to end up being fired because they're not under. They're going over a complete revamp in Oakland, and Gruden came in so late last year, they're not going to fire him then. So these guys are all going to be, for all intents and purposes, gone after the draft or right before the draft. So I understand him not saying, I mean, there's there's been talks, and I've heard of it in you know, on sports radio, and, and I've read about it, where basically scouts sell out information to beat reporters for money and or for exclusive access yeah. to something else they might want down the future. So I understand what he's doing there. Um, I think DK Metcalf will go 20 to, to um, Pittsburgh replacing a little bit of a little bit of what Antonio Brown does. I think that's a very interesting pick. Um but we might as well stop the the drama. Who are the Jets taking? Um if Nick Bosa somehow falls to them at 3, I think they take him no question There's just about no it. way he does. I am sorry, he's going he's if he's not going one, which I don't think he will, but he's going he's going to he's the first two pick. He has to be. The teams have but we've heard the same same thing like a a defensive player especially being a top 2 pick. And them falling outside of it because a team either decides to go offense, someone trades up, someone takes a quarterback that we're not expecting. Like, there's been some crazy things. Um, I like I said, I don't expect it to. Just like the Jets didn't expect Darnold to be there at three last year. Well, the Browns they, were picking, so you they, can't expect anything. They didn't with expect them. Leonard Williams to fall to them at six when Leonard Williams was the perceived best defensive player. They didn't think Jamal Adams would fall to them. They've had arguably the last three first round picks they've made have been the best player in, rated in the draft, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, long story short, I think Ed Oliver is a name that's creeped up on their board. Would you take him there, though? I would. I okay. think I think he's a... a and tr- you're okay with taking him, even though he had kind of a little bit of a... I don't want to say issue, but kind of an issue with his head coach in Houston last year where he didn't really want to play, but he wanted to be on I, the sidelines. Yeah, I think, well, he wanted his cake and to eat it, too. Yeah. He, he knew he was legit. He knew he was going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. And he was like, I don't want to play. I don't like that, but at the same time, so I think there are some people, certain issues in college don't become an issue in the pros. I don't, th- he, to me, I maybe I'm wishful thinking here, but I think that will be a non-factor. And I think once he, you get him out there every Sunday, he's going to go out and, and play. Like he's going to take it as business. Yeah. I, I like to think that. If not, uh, Josh Allen's in the mix, as well as the D lineman from Alabama, Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams, I think, is going to... I think the Jets take him at three. So, I'm going to go my top five. I'd rather have the... To be honest, I'd rather have the Jets trade back in the first round and try and add a, a second round pick. So, they essentially have a first and two thirds this year. Okay. Um, um, a lot of people yeah. want them to slide back in the first. Would you be okay with them having the 11th overall pick? Yeah, I'd be fine with the okay. 11th if it meant we had a... Could, an what about a second? one and a three this year? And here, you'll hear why, but like, we'll say you get a one and then I, I give you my one and then I'm going to give you a three or a four. 
for you to move from three to I think 11. like a one three and like give a, give me another lottery pick in like the fifth or something like that. They just need picks. Okay, to, so you they need to try and so fill even, the roster. So maybe like a one five six and seven or something. Maybe, but like a one five and a six and then a it's, seven next year. Like just stockpiling. But think it's got to be a really good deal to have the number three pick. That is your that's a premium player that you. Well, here's have the why I say that Kyler Murray's going to go number one. You can you can bet the house on that to Arizona because who's the Arizona Cardinals head coach? Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, and where did he coach before Arizona? Texas Tech. Okay, he recruited Kyler Murray when he was at Texas Tech. So he spent two years when Kyler was in um, high school. Then he saw, watched him and, and played against him in college for all yeah. intents and purposes. So that's three years. So that's five years. And now he's the head coach. So not only did he like the kid when he was in high school, he watched him. And he's spoken very highly of yes, him since he's, he's become the head coach of the Cardinals. For three years in college. And now he's seen tape. This is a, this is a sure, as sure bet as you can get. I don't know what the Cardinals do with Josh Allen. I'm, I'm no idea. Um, I'm sorry, Josh, Josh Rosen. Um, no idea. Josh Rosen quarterback. Um, Josh Allen. I was talking about the guy from Buffalo. Not there's a really interesting theory that said the because Rosen is going to be on his rookie deal for another three four years. Yeah. Someone was saying the Cowboys f should trade for Rosen and then Dak is on his last year of his rookie deal this year. Let Dak play out the season. If he doesn't show market improvement. Let him walk. Let let well, someone else pay him. I don't think they're going to let because Dak set pretty good standards his first two years. So why I don't mind actually having Rosen as a backup though. So, but people, the argument being that Dak Dak is a very good quarterback. He is capable of being a starting quarterback for a playoff caliber team in the NFL. No questions about Agreed. that. Yes, but does he have that next level to take him into? He can win you a Super Bowl level. Uh, I don't. I think that's still up for debate. That is up for and, debate. And if if he's still going to command twenty plus million dollars, well, he's not going to get paid what Russell Wilson just got paid. No one is. Uh, uh, but if but if he still thinks well, he's going to get that's twenty five, even if Dak thinks he's going to get twenty four or twenty five mil, almost being like a Kirk Cousins esque range, that's honestly probably too much for him. So you so Josh Rosen, you could get another guy on the cheap because you're going to have to pay. Amari in another year, Zeke in a year after that. They've got Amari who? Cooper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to pay Zeke. You're going to have to pay their two new linebackers eventually, Jalen uh, Jalen Smith out of and, and Kyle Va- Kyle Vanden Bosch. Uh, Vanden Esch. Vanden Esch. Le- Kyle Layton, whatever. <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Well, the thing about, anyway, that defense in Dallas is, is hit or miss sometimes. I think that's something for next episode we discuss because I think it'd be a really fun game to say, hey, this guy, here's his stats, here's how much he demands, here's his stats, and you have to pick which one you would prefer. My top five are Kyler Murray one, Nick Bosa two, Ed Oliver three. I think I, I think Josh Allen goes four. And then this is something that no one's talking about, but I think is going to happen. I think the Red Rocket is out of Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati trades up to five, switches with Tampa Bay, because Tampa Bay, they need help everywhere. So for mm-hmm. them to move back, I think... The way Cincinnati is, is they know they've got a decent offensive team with AJ Green and Nixon in the backfield. And Andy Rocket, Andy, Andy, Andy Rocket, wow. Um, Andy Dalton hasn't really played very well so far in his career. I think they move up and get Dwayne Haskins at five. I think they, they make that leap because I think if they don't, I think Dwayne is off the board and then they're taking a Locke, a Drew Locke or um, Daniel, Jones. Daniel Jones. Yeah. And I, I just don't think that's much of an improvement from Dalton. You do remember the draft where. In the first round, you had T.J. Locker, Blaine Gabbert, and Christian Ponder. All yeah, yeah, Christian. Yeah, I think, went to Minnesota, I think, yeah. I think that's going to be what we see. I think, I hope it's not the case, but I think there are going to be some teams 
that we're a little surprised about that either jump up in the first round or stay put and they they reach on a quarterback just because it's teams do irrational things when they don't have a quarterback. Look quarterback at, is the most overpaid for a overpaid for position in the NFL. Yes, but we've here's the thing: everyone's trying to get the next star, but there's so many guys that flop. And in theory, you could just go out and find someone that's just as capable for half the price. That it really begs the question: Do you build a team inside out and you get? I mean, you, build, you build your line, you get skill position guys, and then you put a quarterback around them. So at least you maximize his chance of succeeding if he is going to succeed. You know what I mean? Like if you give a guy all of the tools around him necessary, you keep him upright, you protect him, and then he doesn't succeed. It's kind of on him. But like a, like Jared Goff, what did we think of him first year? Awful. Yeah. And then you put a great coach around him, great players and a great roster around him. And all of a sudden, boom, he was in a, he was in I, a Super Bowl. I, we pay too much for quarterbacks, and here's my point. Ben Roethlisberger was taken 11th. Tom Brady was taken way, way, way late in the pick. Russell Wilson was a third-round guy. Aaron Rodgers was a back end of the first half or first round. He, yeah, he slid, which well, was he, weird. He did, but he's, I mean, look at him now. Um, so to get a good quarterback, you don't have to take him in the top five. You need to find a value in a quarterback. Patrick, in the, you know who Patrick got, Mahomes yeah, was in the late Trubisky first. Trubisky was picked ahead of him. Yeah, late first round pick there. So you don't need to have these high drafted quarterbacks. It's very, very rare that you get a number one overall pick in a Baker Mayfield who, yeah. for all, he played one great year. Let's yeah. just pump the brakes here for people. sure. Josh Allen's played okay in Buffalo. Sam Darnold's played okay in New York. Those are all top 10 picks. We'll see what happens down the road, but you can get a lot more value in taking a third or fourth round quarterback yeah. every two or three years than going after that number one every two years. It's, it's detrimental yeah, to a franchise. Because you have the talent, which is just my argument of saying, though, do some of those guys that fell, did they succeed because they fell to a, in theory, better team and more talent around them, and therefore they had a chance to succeed? Versus the guys who get taken in the top 10 picks tend to go to worse teams. They're going to some bad teams. So that's the thing we as sports fans and analysts still can't figure out is, is it the chicken or the egg? Does well, it great- but look at a guy like Philip Rivers. He was taken in the top 10, Drew Brees top 10. I mean, those are guys that are in the top 10 that went to bad teams and then stayed there for a while and learned and stuff. And that's where if you go to the right franchise and you're a good enough player, I think you succeed. I don't think a great talent ever loses out because no matter who you are, if you're a Russell Wilson, he could have went to a Browns team. And I feel, still think he would have succeeded. Maybe not as much, but he still would have been a probably pro bowler that's, because he can escape the pocket. He can do certain things. Okay. So I think that, I, I think, think that's fair. It's just, I think early on a lot of sports are mental. And for some, some of these quarterbacks, think about it, These are guys that have had success at every level they've played at. And now all of a sudden they're used to winning high school state championships, winning a bunch of games in college and if you now come into a situation where you lose 10, 11, 12 games your first year, like I I just think that there's something to be said for getting a chance to play on a better team around you, less pressure on you, all of those factors. And the earlier that happens, the more it can uh, result in success later. Like it helps your development. Oh, yeah. No, it definitely helps your development when you don't. I mean, look at Josh Rosen. I mean, he... He played awful last year, but he had no line. He had no receiver. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's a great receiver. He's on the back as end of his career. As bad as he played, he actually like put up some decent numbers towards like, the back He had a few half. good games, too. Like, yeah. yes, but he had an awful... Yeah, so yeah. if you were to put him in New England... He dealt, he, he he dealt with be, a head coaching change, an offensive coordinator change. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but like I said, you put him in New England, he could be the next Brady. Like, I wouldn't, you just I don't wouldn't know. give up on Rosen. No, I'm not. I'm, point being, like, it does matter where you go, but I think talent supersedes it all. All right, boys and girls, we'll catch you. Oh, never mind. Real quick, who wins the Cubs-Dodgers series? Oh, Dodgers. Sweep? Two games, three games? Uh, two. Two. Okay, I'll take the Cubs lunch bet on that. All right, boys, girls, stay safe, be cool, peace. Smell you later. <laughs>